I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Al Pellets, this is Brian. I am here with Mike and Becky, and we are excited to be back with you again today on an exciting topic. We get to use one of these fancy words called metacognition, but the lucky part is we have an expert with us, Buddy McKendry. Thank you so much for being with us here today on Al Pellets. Well, thank you for having me. Looking forward to a fun discussion. Great. To kind of get us started here, buddy, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, and those sort of things. Well, thank you for that. So um, I'm a past high school ag teacher. I, I taught middle school and high school ag for a few years across Florida and Indiana uh, before ultimately going to graduate school at Kansas State University. And now I've been an assistant professor at Michigan State University in agricultural education for a few years. Um, and I'm interested in metacognition and basically how teachers interpret student thinking. Fantastic. So Kind of, kind of give us an overview of the topic for today, and then we'll jump right in. Oh, before we do that, I think we better define what metacognition is, at least for me, um, and and then you can uh, unpack what you did, buddy. So, to put it as as simply as I can, metacognition would be thinking about our own thinking. Um, so it's it's this idea of of managing our thought processes. So if we think about Bloom's taxonomy which are you know, levels of thinking that we're all familiar with, higher order and lower order thinking. Metacognition would be kind of an executive process that would be kind of underlying each of those levels. So think of metacognition as something that can happen during lower order thinking or higher order thinking. It's just how we go about managing our own thought processes. I think I know the, what you're talking about. No, it's all good. You wanna think about your thinking about what you think it might be thinking? It's kind of like chasing my tail. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of thinking going on with thinking. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool. So, so buddy, we're, we're, we're talking about this thinking about thinking. So what, what did you find out and, and how can ag teachers use uh, the information that you, that you came up with here? Excellent. So um, in, in my research and kind of what I've been focusing on is, we know that metacognition is important. Um, it's important for academic success. It's a good predictor of it too, just like socioeconomic status is. Um, so we know metacognition is important, but what we also know is people tend to not be very familiar with it. Um, we may implicitly do some of these things for ourselves. Uh, we may be good planners of, of what we're going to learn. We may have good thinking skills in terms of being able to assess what, when we don't know something and knowing that we need to reach out for more help, but we're often not very good at vocalizing it or verbalizing it and helping others see what we're, we're thinking about ourselves. So we know it's important. Uh, it's difficult maybe for us to see this thinking type of thinking in others. So that kind of led me down this path of metacognition in ag ed. What does it look like? Um, what I did is I worked with a, a few ag and uh, food and uh, consumer science teachers and, and did some metacognition training with them and, and talked about implementation and then talked with them several times just about it 
you know, their experiences with it, what it felt like trying to uh, facilitate some of this with, with students and, and what that felt like, really just to get a, a gauge of, okay, what could this look like in AgEd? How could we come up with some, some strategies? How can it impact teacher education in the future uh, and things like that? That's awesome. So kind of help me. So what, what does this metacognition thing look like in a high school classroom? So if I'm in there working with my students, how do I know if they're doing it and how, do I, how can I help them do it? Excellent. So I, I've kind of operationalized it a little bit for myself is, is asking the extra couple of questions. We often focus a lot on, on thinking with our students, but a lot of our focus is on that higher order and lower order thinking. So we may ask a question of, you know, a content question. Well, can you tell me this? But sometimes it's just asking a, a next couple of questions. Maybe we give out a study strategy. You know, we, we use the insert method. Uh, are you all familiar with the insert reading method? Tell us more. Yes. So it's, it, it, you've probably heard it by a different name. You, you give students a passage and, and we ask them to underline maybe important information, uh, write a question mark next to something they don't understand, you know, uh, highlight something that's new to them or, or something to that effect, right? So we give them these, these kind of reading strategies and study strategies, but we can make it a metacognitive activity by asking a couple of extra questions. And those questions are, how could you use this in the future? Like, what else would this work for? You know, what are the properties of it that make it effective? How does it help you study? Like, what is it, what, what about it makes it better? Um, and just asking those couple of questions. Now we're getting into the metacognitive realm of now they're kind of thinking about it, thinking about how it could operate in the future and how it's going to help their thinking in another activity that's maybe totally unrelated, but it's, it's a still helpful strategy to, to use. Excellent. Excellent. So the philosophical question here outside the scope of the study, but uh, you said that metacognition is important to what we do is it, how, what if someone was to argue that said metacognition is what we should be doing rather than, than it being the important thing, it's really what we should be trying to do with students is helping them learn how to learn and how to think and, and process things. And I would not disagree with it. I, I think it's an important part and not, in my study, a lot of teachers talked about, I wanna help my students become better learners. Um, and I think that's a good goal for us to have as, as educators. Um, I also recognize we live in a world where we gotta get through our content, right? Like we, we have to meet our standards. We have to make sure that we're, we're covering the appropriate things. So I try to operationalize metacognition as something that we can do. You know, it's, it's along with the content that we're covering and I know I shouldn't say it like that, covering content, we're not cats in a litter box. Um, it's, it's along with the, the content we're teaching that we can improve these metacognitive skills. And oh, by the way, our students are becoming better learners. And maybe we find that we can actually quote unquote cover uh, more content throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, about that because you know we spent a lot of time, we, we've had done a lot of podcasts where one of the major concerns for especially early career teachers is gaining content knowledge and learning the content and those sort of things. What's your advice for beginning teachers and, and, and even veteran teachers, as we know, there's always new content to be going out there and to be learning. How do I balance that desire that to know more of the content with this goal of teaching metacognition and helping our students 
know how they think and, and be able to solve, be able give them skills to solve problems they don't even know that exist yet? Man, that is a, a great question, Brian. I, my, can, can, we, can we just, can we just bask in that glory that I ask a good question? I just want to, I, just want to, I want to take that all in for a moment and just, just enjoy that. Was that, was that a metacognitive cognitive question? You know, it's, it's a pretty deep question. I, in my experiences with the teachers I worked with, I would say that, you know, if you're an early career teacher and you're not quite comfortable with what you're teaching, be careful about what you add. Um, it's not that we don't want to learn new things. Get a little more comfortable with your content. Teach your course the first one or two times before we say, okay, now I'm going to look at this the lens of metacognition. Where can I add in some things? And I would also say that, you know, adding in these metacognitive questions at some points, it's really something that can be adapted to fit any course. It's, it's not, you wouldn't have to sit down with an animal science course and think, okay, how can I do just metacognition for this, just this class? We can come up with some very... Uh, broadly applicable metacognitive things you can do as a teacher that are quick. Like we talked about those couple of questions, right? We're going to use those reading strategies and study strategies in a lot of, of our different classes, but how do we help students see the strategies for what they are and to learn about them to develop some of that metacognitive knowledge, which is knowledge about strategies and knowledge about ourselves as a learner to say, where can I use these in the future? Yeah. So get comfortable with our content, um, which I know is a hard thing. I I remember the feelings as an early career teacher of, man, I just don't know enough. And, and sometimes it, it takes a while to get, get past that. And some teachers maybe never do. So your, your study kind of reinforced one of my working theories, uh, buddy, in the fact that um, we talk about metacognition, we talk about reflection and reflective practice quite often. And a lot of times we assume that students and colleagues and, and even us as, as teachers um, are reflective and are metacognitive um, in, in our approaches and strategies. And while I think it does happen kind of naturally and organically for some, I think for many people, it has to be kind of learned and developed and, and kind of coached. And I think part of your PD and part of what your work was is kind of realizing that we do have to kind of coach and mentor and help people develop that skill set not only for themselves but also for us to be able to teach that so what did you what did you learn or what was some of the pd that you that you did in order to kind of help develop that practice sure so i yeah re reflection um a lot of these things can be tied together right uh, we often think of reflection as happening after the fact a lot of times it's focused on content, which is a good thing. We want our students to reflect on the content they've learned. We want them to think about how they can apply it in new situations. Um, metacognition is that reflection. It can be reflection on our own thinking and, and how we performed at a task and, and where we stumbled and why we stumbled and what we can do differently next time. Um, working with teachers, I would say what I focused on with them was kind of what is metacognition? Let's just you can Google metacognition and get a quick reader on it and, and get an idea of what it is. And then we just started thinking about these little opportunities to plug it in and, and opportunities to ask student students questions to see like, okay, where, where are they in their thinking process? What are those extra couple of questions that we can ask um, in order to facilitate this? I would say the biggest challenge for me as I think through it would be differentiating uh, this idea of metacognition and thinking about our thinking from Bloom's higher order and lower order thinking. 
you know, metacognition can be, a student can be metacognitive when we're doing a very low order activity. You know, if I ask my students to memorize the presidents, um, that's lower order, that's, that's low order blooms, but we can still have some, a metacognitive student that's thinking through this, okay, why am I struggling with this? Maybe I'm not spending enough time you know, reading the president's names and I'm stumbling on pronouncing them and that's inhibiting my ability to remember all of them, right? Um, so that metacognition can happen at all levels of thought. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of some examples of content that I could be teaching and what I could be doing during these things. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we default to, to these, as you said, these higher order things that we need to be getting to these very intense sort of things. But one thing I'm thinking about, you tell me if I'm right, I, I see this really happening a lot in like an ag mechanics course. You know, when you go through here, especially when I was teaching electrical wiring, you're doing some basic skills, but what you want to do is you want to have the students be thinking about why they're doing that particular thing. So when they scale this up and get to a new project in a new place, they're able to apply that in the way to solve that particular problem. Because if all I'm doing is having them wire this, you know, switch and light on this board for me, and that's all they can do, that does not help me solve a problem later on. And it's really, it's important for me as the teacher to be helping them understand about, okay, why do you do each of these pieces? Why do you turn the screw the certain way? Why do you have to have certain length of wire around into this? Why is it important to make these sort of things happen? So it applies in a lot of different areas. So is that kind of a form of this metacognitive thinking that you're talking about here to help them understand that why so they can transfer it into a new place? So that's an excellent question. That's actually, there was a study done in AgEd just a few years ago that was looking at an ag mechanics, what they call a regulatory checklist. And it's one of the quick down and dirty strategies we can do in metacognition. And we can make this as broad and as plain as we want, or we can make it specific for just a unit. In a regulatory checklist, we might have some planning questions. So the first question might be, what is the nature of this task? What is my goal with this task as a learner? Um, what kind of information or strategies may I need to complete the task? We might have some monitoring questions that students refer to while the task is going on. Um, do I currently understand what I'm doing? <laughs> uh, does this task make sense? Do I understand what I'm being asked to do? Am I reaching my goals or do I need to make changes? And then some evaluation questions that, that they can turn to maybe towards the end of a lesson or towards the end of a unit. Uh, have I reached my goal? Uh, what's working for me? What did work? What didn't work? And then how would I do this differently next time? And that's those questions. We can Google that Google regulatory checklist. You'll see some examples. Um, they can be very broad like that, or we can kind of hone them in a little bit more uh, for a specific unit, uh, which was what that previous study had and did based on my recollection recollection of reading it a couple of years ago. No, that that's awesome. And uh, you know, one of the paradigm shifts when I'm working with our pre-service teachers is it's not necessarily hands-on that's important. It's the minds on. So and that goes to what both uh, you, buddy, and, and Brian have was talking about. It's like, okay, how do we engage students so they can solve these problems and they can uh, think through the situation instead of just going through the steps that we uh, have in a manual when it comes to small engines or what have you. So, and I've strategized too and, and struggled um, with trying to make sense of this and and particularly for experiential learning and field trips and those things. And um, you know, there's a I I I've thought about 
um, those experiences and have kind of come up with a, an own approach with it, with preflection, experience, reflection, and then transfer. So I call it PERT. And, and really, that's what I'm trying to get students to think about. So preflect on that experience. What, what's going to happen on that field trip or whatever we're going to do? What do you need to know? And it, it kind of goes to that same model that you're talking about. And then we have the experience. We reflect on that, but also what did I learn and how am I going to transfer that to future experiences and, and future learning and, and those things. So, so I think there's strategies out there and, and uh, there's probably others that you can share with us as well. Well, and you're leading me to another one. So uh, another down and dirty, we can Google this one too, is exam wrappers. Yeah. Um, and it's the idea of, of focusing really in on that, that preflection and reflection on your, on the student's thinking process. So if we send them, it just come up with a couple of quick questions. We give them, to them maybe the day before an exam. How did you spend the most of your time studying? What did you focus on? Mm -hmm. Why did you focus your study time on that? Why did you study the way you did? Give them the exam and then we can give them a post-reflection that says, were you successful? You know, did, you, did your studying actually help you do better on the exam? Um, what changes did you make after you filled out the pre-reflection? Mm -hmm. And there was actually an academic study done just like that. And what they found was the students on the pre-reflection that pre-wrapper, if they then on the post said, hey, I changed the way I studied based on doing that pre-reflection, you know, that, that last day when I did that reflection, I realized I wasn't studying the right way and I made changes. Those students did really well on the exam, but the students on that post-reflection that said, nah, I'm good, I didn't really change anything. I knew I was doing good when I filled out that pre-reflection. They didn't do as good. They, they performed pretty poorly. So that's another quick, just, you know, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. And those questions can be something you use in every class before every test and after every test. What are, what are some of, you know, kind of back to your research study to a little bit, but I think, I think your study identified maybe some stumbling blocks for teachers in trying to develop these strategies. So where are some of the pitfalls and how did, how did teachers kind of um, overcome some of the stumbling blocks that they may find in trying to implement this? Thank you, Mike. That's a great question. Um, it, it's easy for us as teachers to focus on content. Um, and I would say that's probably a pretty big stumbling block for the educators that I worked with was it was easy to associate it with reflection on content or just reflection period as something that happened after the learning process. And metacognition is an underlying thing that happens all the time. It can happen at any point. Um, so getting ourselves to think about metacognition as something that's different than just thinking. It's not higher order thinking. It's not lower order thinking. It's, it's this executive process about how we kind of manage our own thinking and how can we separate that and not just focus on content. Because um, if we focus on content, we fall back into the trap of, well, is this a deep thinking activity? Okay, it's deep thinking. I'm good. My students are being metacognitive. And then the other thing is, you know, we read maybe that one pager about it and we think, okay, how can we see this with our students? What can we do? And, and think about what questions can I ask them? Have I done exam wrappers with them? Um, there's even a metacognitive awareness inventory. If, if we Google metacognitive awareness inventory, it's a quick, easy, just fill it out with pencil and paper that you can have your students do and, and get a score basically of like, okay, how are they thinking? You know, are they a metacognitive student? How can I tap into that? Or if they're not, how can I help them? Um, those would be the, just constantly think, how is this different from content and not get stuck in the trap of, I'm just focused on content and deeper learning. Well, buddy, this is fantastic. And I think, you know, hopefully this is 
uh, one of those things where hopefully the, the word metacognition doesn't scare us off from it. It's something that honestly, when we go back and look at that, this is what we're supposed to be doing as, especially in ag teachers. We have the opportunity to bring all these different concepts together, help students figure out how to, to use these things to really think about how they're trying to solve this problem and address something and, and not just, you know, check a box to, to make something happen. And so I really appreciate your work on this. This, is, this has been a great conversation and really appreciate you sharing with us, uh, sharing this with us today on Outpellets. Well, thank you both for having me. I've had a lot of fun today. So if anybody ever has any questions, rbm at msu.edu. It's an easy email to remember. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, for uh, Mike and Becky, this is Brian. We're here by the Owl Pellet with Buddy McKendry. All his contact information and other things will be on the infographics. So reach out to him and see the great things that he's got going on. So, Buddy, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you all. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>